Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Natalia, and I am tonight's co-host. I'm a senior in the five-year Stern Tisch dual degree program, studying film and television at Tisch School of the Arts and finance at the Stern School of Business. My hometown is Richmond, Virginia, and I'm an RA in Broome. And I'm Tom Ellett, your other co-host, and I serve as a senior associate VP of Student Affairs. Welcome, Natalia. How is RA life going for you? RA life is going so well. We are having so many awesome programs wrapping up at the end of the year. We just went to the New York Public Library. We went to a conference on virtual reality and augmented reality. And last night, guess who I got to talk with or got to hear speak? I don't know. You don't know who was in town? Miss Michelle Obama. Ah, that's right. Good yes. for you. You know, it's interesting. I, I find that the programming that's done in the residential college is at such a level of, um, I think, intellectual curiosity, answering questions, and really expecting students to be thinking about their impact on others and in life. Would you agree? Absolutely, and especially for our program. So I lead a stream called Media and Justice, and we are really dedicated in and curious about the many different types of media that are part of our world. So that's why we're exploring, you know, print and how do we curate things from the past and curate the literature and um, and even things like desks or the notes from big writers. Um, but then also what's going on in the future? Who's going to be the voices of the future and how are they telling their stories? And that really fits into what you're interested in for your career. Absolutely. I'm I'm all about the future and, th- and kind of forward-looking. Uh, for me, I'm really interested in directing stories about women, so female-driven stories that are also multi-generational. So as an artist, I'm really interested in that tension that exists between women of different generations, kind of what's shared and then also, you know, what distinguishes my, my identity as a woman from my mother's or my grandmother's. Um, and that's really what I want to bring to film, to television, to commercials, because I think that there's so many varieties of stories, but also a whole other way to represent women that we haven't tapped into yet. Tell me what's been the most impactful academic experience you've had at NYU. That's tough. I I think it's really tough because I've had so many. For me, I think my program has been, you know, one of the most valuable experiences that I've had or at large. Being a student at Stern and being a student at Tisch, they're very different um, academic communities and they, they challenge you to really exercise totally different parts of your brain at very advanced levels. So I think even just being part of that program and thinking, how do I, how do I integrate these thinkings, not keep them in silos, um, has been my favorite experience. I mean, right now I'm really working on my advanced film to be shot next semester and I'm constantly, you know, finding myself exercising these two, you know, hybrid ways of thinking that I've developed over the years. And it's such a joy because on one hand, I'm thinking, how's this going to make me feel in this scene? Or like, what's that going to mean to me just to see, you know, the image. And in my story, it's a it's about a Latina who's an MBA student um, and she is trying to pursue like a new heritage of wealth in, in her Mexican-American family. And just I think that that has so many emotions attached to it but then also I'm thinking about okay but like what kind of finance exam is she taking and like what does it really take to take that kind of exam and how did I prepare when I took exams like that 
Um, so I think that those take a lot of different types of thinking. Well, I hope I get invited to that uh, the show uh, because it sounds like it's going to be a wonderful film, that's for sure. Thank you. Everyone will. <laughs> I want everyone to see it. Well, so. you've been a great RA in third time around, which we really appreciate you doing that. Uh, stability, but uh, the kind of role modeling that you give is really important. And I think you're going to hear a little bit of that tonight with tonight's guest. I hope so. I'm really excited. Today, our guest is Opal Bennett, who served as an RE in Weinstein for Craig Jolly during the 1997-1998 academic years. Opal, how are you, and where are you? I'm great. I am calling you from Astoria, Queens. Excellent. Let's take a little uh, time to talk about your time at Washington Square. What did you study while you were a student here? I was a double major in Africana Studies and Media Criticism with a minor in Law and Society. What exactly are you doing now? Now I work as a film festival programmer. I work with a bunch of festivals, um, one of them Doc NYC, uh, and Athena Festival, which are based in New York City. Um, I, I watch movies for a living. <laughs> what a fun living that is. Maybe you can talk us through what happened when you graduated from NYU. It looked like you were going in a different trajectory earlier on in your career. Yes, I was pre-law, and I did fulfill that. I um, attended grad school and then law school, practiced for a bit, and made the transition into nonprofit work, uh, specifically as a festival programmer. What made you make that transition into the festival work? I've always loved film and uh, media in particular. I wasn't sure that I wanted to work in film um, in that capacity until I attended uh, a couple of festivals. I went to Sundance for the first time in 2010 um, and got bitten by the bug pretty quickly, learned about the space and decided that was something that I wanted to pursue. And that led to the work that I'm doing now. And what was that bug exactly? Was it the the bug of, you know, sitting and watching films live and in person with other people or the festival experience? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, um, I think it was a combination of the type of film that you one encounters at a festival generally, you know, it's a much more uh, tour driven. The first year that I went, I'd find myself chatting with perfect strangers on the bus or online for screenings about what I'd just seen or what they'd just seen, and you know, we'd share um, what we thought was special about the films and, and make recommendations, and it just felt like this really great camp for cinephiles, and I really enjoyed it. Are there certain kind of films that really excite you uh, when you're sitting there watching them? I, I work in both with short form and feature-length films. And, you know, I find some really interesting risks that filmmakers take uh, in short films. There are things that different filmmakers can do that will excite you as a curator. You know, they'll have a fresh take on a traditional story, or they all have a very creative approach. Um, You know, they'll add a new voice. So when you're curating it, I think as filmmakers, you're always wondering, what are some of the questions that you all are thinking about in the room when you're picking the films to go together? You know, it depends on what your your end goal approach is in any given programming endeavor. Um, the women's festival I work for, Athena, 
we only play films that showcase women in leadership positions, right? That's always our starting and ending point. So, you know, film filmmakers will sometimes send us films that are about coming of age of a boy or something like that, even though they're made by all women. That's not what we're focused on. You know, we have a thematic mandate around putting films that showcase powerful women on screen, you know? So depending on what your, um, your curatorial approach is for a given festival, um, you know, there, there are different considerations that you're taking into account. Have you seen a, a great deal of difference in filmmaking because of the accessibility? People have iPhones now and are taking uh, pictures and making films out of it. It seems like anyone can try to make a film today. Uh, do you see it kind of watered down from what it was when you first started in the industry? The quality of filmmaking? Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, there's there's definitely a lower barrier to entry for anybody to, you know, turn a camera on in front of a subject. But that doesn't mean that, you know, those are the films that are being put in front of audiences. I mean, anybody can make something, but, you know, you still have gatekeepers as to what's going to actually be selected to, um, you know, to play in front of audiences for better or for worse, right? There are certainly individuals who have their issues with that and you know that's a different discussion but I, I wouldn't say the proliferation of different means of you know making films has necessarily diluted the quality of filmmaking you know we still have folks whose job it is to maintain that quality. I think as RAs we're constantly thinking about community as a way to promote learning and to delve into our curiosity and hopefully expose people to different perspectives or cultivate their own. Um, do you see any ties between what you did as an RA and what you're doing now in terms of community? Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, we, we provide a unique service of um, introducing audience and, and artists. Um, and, and festivals are community-focused and community-based. You know, there are, are hundreds of them around the country and thousands around the world. Um, and each one that I go to from a Sundance to a can to, you know, a, I know sidewalk fest, which is in Alabama. Um, they're, they're focused on the community that they've grown out of and learning the patronage that they've cultivated in that community. And, building out a dynamic where on the one hand, you know, they're giving to those patrons the films that they want to see and that they know they're already interested in. Uh, but on the other hand, introducing them to new things that they wouldn't otherwise have seen um, and, you know, helping, helping broaden their horizons with films and voices and topics and themes um, that they wouldn't necessarily have been introduced to otherwise. So there's definitely a, a marketplace and a business aspect to it, right, that parallels that of Hollywood, but there's also a um, community enriching and, um, you know, I'd even say, you know, artistic educational standpoint to it, um, you know, as, as a, a nonprofit that has a mandate to really give back to the community that it's 
that it's based in and that it's uh, contributing to. I guess like as a as a filmmaker, I see people like you as, you know, giving real opportunities to new voices. Um, and as someone, you know, I personally I feel like I jumped onto the festival boat a little bit late. But can you talk about like for artists or for for filmmakers, what is you know, what do you think is some of the most valuable aspects of participating in a festival, aside from the praise or people saying nice things about your film? Um, what do you think is most valuable there for filmmakers? Uh, you have excellent questions tonight. Um, that's 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 a great question. Um, I was talking at it, talking about it solely from the perspective of um, of audience, but from the perspective of what we'd like to do for the artists, you know, ideally we're creating a circumstance where um, artists are able to join us and provide opportunity for creative collaboration, um, for artistic inspiration. Ideally, we're creating a circumstance where people can network, right, where they can meet um, new like-minded creative individuals, other festivals that are able to kind of broaden that scope create opportunities for artists to also interact with industry. We do that at Dr. Lake C. Um, we have uh, small roundtable meetings where selected projects and filmmakers can meet with different industry representatives. So it's a way for us to uh, not just address the artistic side of the artists, but also the career side of their, of their artistic work. Are there a few films that you would recommend to the novice film goer to say, these are two or three different films from whatever genre uh, that you really should see over the course of your life. From recent times, I mean, I think Alfonso Cuarón's Roma, which is a fairly recent release, um, is a masterpiece. An absolutely brilliant, gorgeous film beautifully shot um, and, and wonderfully acted. Um, and it, it is a throwback to more um, classic films, but, uh, but feels very contemporary and relevant. Um, and I, I just love what he's doing with that. I also really love um, the Sika's The Bicycle Thief. I think I watched that at NYU, actually, for the first time in a a film class that I just took for fun, and I just love it. Um, from one of my favorite guys, Hitchcock's North by Northwest, I think, is a, is a must-see. I'm really happy to hear you. You mentioned Roma. I am obsessed with that film. I cannot get enough of it. I keep reading about it, and I've gotten to hear Coron talk about it and everything. Did you have a favorite moment in that film? I like the scene where they introduce the father, where he, for some reason feels the need to keep this massive car with this really narrow driveway that he has. And he's perfected this uh, very intricate choreography of parking the car. I just thought it was a really interesting and telling way to introduce a character. <laughs> Absolutely. I love when the, the two girls are together and when they're stretching. That's my favorite. And they're like, por las tamales, por los tacos. Like because um, they're trying to do like exercises so that they can keep eating all this really good Mexican food. Love it. Yeah. What was your what were your memories of, of being an RA in Washington Square? What was happening in in Was uh, Washington Square in Manhattan at the time? And, and any of that inform you your work now? 
I moved to Weinstein. I'm pretty sure um, they had just renovated. So I remember us just being really excited and of Christmas this new space. We called it the Joe. <laughs> uh, it's still called that, by the way. Is it really? Yes, cool. it is. <laughs> it's stuck. That's cool. Um, but uh, the city was undergoing a lot of change then. 97? I mean, there was, you know, there's still like a drug issue in the, in the park, I remember. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of... Um, Law enforcement presence, to be to be frank, I remember that distinctly. Um, that was something that we as, as RAs had to be mindful of in our dealings with this resident, um, you know, to, to make people aware of their responsibilities and obligations around that. Um, and NYU was really emerging, I think, moving into um, the, you know, really um, highly lauded posture that it's had the past 20 years um but you know that was kind of the early days of that uh president lj oliva i think was still around those days so you know it was a it was a very different university than it is now um but for me i just remember it being still some of the best years of my life i i experienced profound intellectual expansion and you know all that I was learning and um and the city was just this amazing cornucopia of opportunity and experiences and arts and um you know and I loved it and I tried to bring all of that um as much as I could to my residents you know we had to do those bulletins in our hallways um and I remember doing one around jazz because of course the village is home to you know some of the best institutions of that uh presenting that musical form. Um, so yeah, those, those were really, those were really fun times. I uh, absolutely loved my, my years as well. And we had a really great staff. That's a wonderful image to put in my head, hearing from somebody who was an RA 20 years ago, how impactful being a staff member was. Uh, do you have memories of uh, a particular moments in time as an RA or experiences that uh, fill the, the soul for you? That filled the soul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. I I remember I called my floor for indigo after I think the very first theme that I put on the on the floor was was this jazz theme, um, and uh, and floor indigo kind of stuck because it was like oh you know welcome to club indigo, um, and I just remember running into one of my residents. Um, a few years after graduation and having her say that she remembered feeling um, just a special, it was like a special memory in her time at NYU when she lived on my floor and, you know, had that roommate and, um, and other different floor mates that we were able to foster uh, a real community feeling. And of course, Weinstein is a freshman dorm. Um, so, you know, those are, quite impactful years for, for students the very first, you know, first year or two that they're um, attending school. And she was, she said she remembered feeling um, really at home and that she was friends with her roommate till, till then, you know, when I had seen her. Um, so, so that made me feel good, um, you know, that I was able to create an atmosphere that, you know, in her first year or two at NYU, 
um, a smooth and a, uh, and a happy transition. Uh, in terms of uh, programming and things that you did with students, uh, do you uh, remember uh, doing something that uh, was special in terms of engagement in New York City outside of the jazz world? I remember doing something with other RAs where we, you know, gathered some students together to go to a Broadway show. Um, you know, New York, of course, offers uh, a treasure trove of cultural options. And that was a lot of fun, you know, for a lot of folks who come to New York for the first time from parts of the country that maybe have smaller towns, um, you know, we're able to give them an introduction to some of the best that New York has to offer. And, uh, and that was really cool. Do you stay in contact with other RA alums? Uh, I do, actually. Yeah, uh, there are few folks who live here still in New York, uh, of course, I am still in touch with. I definitely keep in touch with uh, a handful of my, my colleagues from my Joe days. Um, okay, so Opal, we do this thing here with our speed round, where we ask a few questions, but it's it's got to be fast. Um, are you up for it? Let's do it. Okay. Favorite tradition at NYU? New York, New York at the commencement scene in New York, New York. Love it. Best dining hall? Uh, wow. Weinstein. <laughs> the Joe. <laughs> Favorite NYU teacher? Christine Brigham Harrington. Any celebrity sightings while you were an NYU student? Christy Charlington. Did you have a part-time job while at NYU? I worked at the GSAS Dean's Office. And did you go abroad while you were at NYU? I did not, but I went to grad school in London. Nice. Uh, a Broadway show you went to see as a student? Rent. And then finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? Ugh, it wasn't a good one. <laughs> Uh, it was babysitting a drunk student <laughs> in the emergency room until Craig came to relieve me. Yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> we had to be there for our residents. <laughs> he was always the savior and still is. Uh, one of the best yes. people I work with at NYU is Craig Jolly. Yes, he's a legend. He is. Well, Opal, thank you so much for spending time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and kind of where NYU has taken you in life. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living with the Dream School alumni version of life. And special thanks to our special engineer for this episode, Craig Jolly himself, and to the current and professional staff. Opal, when he told me that she was going to get you as a guest, uh, he told me a little about you and what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you are really helping uh, this industry uh, in such special ways. And so thank you for the work that you're doing uh, and NYU is proud to have you as an alum. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. It was a real pleasure to speak with both of you. Excellent. Uh, if you like the show tonight, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know more about the RA's favorite books, go to whattheyreading.blotspot.com. Until next time, Think about the ways that you interact with community and ways to help others who may not have the voice or the space to be who they really are.